Welcome to the Guitar All Mini Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. I'm here with Jeff LaQuatre. He's the guitar professor uh, at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado. And he's a longtime friend of mine. Jeff, how are you? I'm very well. Nice to see you, Carl. Yeah. So uh, you and I know each other from back in the, in the old John Holmquist CIM days. Um, I, got, I finished my master's there in 93, and I right. believe... You graduated with your undergrad that same year or the year before? I can't remember. The year before, I graduated uh, with my undergraduate degree in 92. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you headed off yeah. to, to Denver to study with Ricardo Isnola after that. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and we're there. And have, did you just stay in Colorado after, after your master's? I, had, I finished in 95. I think I, yeah, 95. I got my master's. I moved back to Cleveland for about a year and a half. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe a little bit less. I think okay. I was there about a year. So and, I, had been, I had been gone by then. Okay, right. Yeah. And then I moved back out here in 96, I guess. Okay. And I've been out here ever since. Wow. So what, yeah. what, what did you do when you moved back to Cleveland? What, was, what, what were you doing back there? Well, um, as much as I could, um, I, I took that year to do a lot of... I had just got my master's. Mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't going to be making a lot of money or, or have. <laughs> so I, I literally, that's when I did all the, the festivals. You know, I tried to travel okay. and do many guitar festivals and competitions. I did all that. Sure. And then I was just teaching privately. I was actually uh, in the prep department at CIM for that year. And I just okay. had a handful of students. Um, so that's what I did for that year in, in Cleveland. Because yeah. um, I, I really didn't. I, yeah, and then you I back out to Colorado. It was just uh, more opportunity for me here. Okay, and you know it's just a beautiful place to live. Of course, I mean I love Cleveland. That's my hometown. So right. it was great. But after another year back, I was like, well, "What did I do that for?" I should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's an amazing place to live, and you can make a living out here. Or at least at that point, you know there was a lot of teaching opportunities and gigging and concerts so it was a great place to be just just as a freelance kind of thing yeah yeah was that in denver did you move back to denver when you yeah i moved i lived kind of in south denver for a while okay um and started just teaching privately and and gigging and then i started kind of getting the the college jobs right sure 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 String and how long have you been at colorado state this is my fifth year. Oh, okay. So that's, that's relatively recent then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if you don't mind me asking, is, is that a full-time gig or are you, are you an adjunct? Yeah, it's, it's actually a dream job. I love teaching here. <laughs> Good for um, you. I'm, I'm considered an adjunct. Okay. And I, I have a full-time load. Okay. So, you know, I get benefits. First time you in do. my life. Yes. Oh my gosh. As an adjunct, somebody's doing that. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really them. great situation. So, for example, I think I'm up for, you know, the next promotion. I think next year, after five years, you can get kind of the next promotion. Yeah. With just a little bit of a bump in pay. Not much else, sure. you know. Yeah, that's great. I always thought, you know, because the reality of the situation, we, we, we all understand this. You know, I mean, you can't. Oh, yeah. 
especially in a music program, you can, you can't have a full time specialist for every single instrument, in, in, right. unless they're teaching three or four other things as well and that kind of thing. So the, you know the reality of the situation makes sense, but the the argument I always tried tried to make in that situation was, let me negotiate my contract. You know, right. I've, I've been here for twenty years. Why am I getting paid the same right. thing I'd be getting paid? If I came in this year, why is there no incentive? Why is there none of this? You know, what about an equitable load? You know, if, if I'm teaching a certain percentage of a full-time load, shouldn't I be paid a commensurate salary based on that percentage? Right. You know, all, all these kinds of things allow me to negotiate, you know, for, for benefits, these kinds of things. And it was just, it was very frustrating. So I'm really happy to hear that, that that's, yep. you know, that, that that's happening in the world, that there are places that are like actually treating people correctly. <laughs> yeah. I ran into that, you know, of course, in my, some of the other schools I taught at, or they would cap you at a specific number of credit hours so that you right. could this. Um, and CSU, I didn't even, that was so funny. I started teaching here because uh, they didn't have a guitar program for 11 years. So this oh, is a brand new program. What happened there? Oh, it's a great, I'll tell you what happened. It's pretty funny. Not funny, but... Um, <laughs> And it was one of those things where after I got the job and I went through all the, the paperwork, someone reached out to me and said, okay, you need to come to HR and fill out all your paperwork for your benefits. And I was like, I'm sorry? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I, I thought someone was, you know, Are you talking those. to me? <laughs> yeah, like, who are those? Are those those health benefits I've been reading all about? And I was so elated. I remember like going down to the office all like, I can't believe I'm getting benefits. Goodness yeah. gracious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, um, it started in 2007, 18. And um, they had a program here back in the day. And one of my dear friends taught up here, um, Alex Commodore. I think you know Alex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he taught, he teaches at Metropolitan State University in Denver. Okay. And at that point, um, he was going up for a full-time position there, a tenure at Metro. Well, you can't have two positions when you're doing right. that. Right. So he was going to give up CSU and recommended me for the job. So I came up here in 2008 and uh, interviewed, auditioned, the whole nine yards, got the job. I, they hired me. So I was thinking, great, you know, I'm part-time at both schools. I can maintain both universities. And... It came to like August and I hadn't heard anything. So I called the office and I said, hey, you know, I'm Jeff LaFarge, I'm a new guitar instructor. And, and this was the year of the recession, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I haven't heard anything. I, I'd like to get in touch with my students, know my workload. And, and the lady on the phone's like, um, uh, we're sorry that no one contacted you, but we got rid of the guitar program. Oh my. Right? <laughs> and I was so thankful I never gave up my other job. But for a while, I was like, wow, CSU, that was not good, you know. So for a while, they just, because of the budget and they just got rid of the program, they never yeah. brought it back. And then oh fast gosh. forward many years later, I was um, dating my, my now wife, who is the flute professor here at CSU. Okay. And at the time, you know, things were starting to get pretty serious. She lives, lived here in Fort Collins. I was still in Denver, so it was a commute. How far we is that? Dreaming, it's a, it's a one-hour drive. Okay. And we were just dreaming up, like, wouldn't it be great if CSU would bring their guitar program back? Boy, I would love to get here and move. And we had gone to this. They opened a, a really lovely art museum in our school. And we went to kind of the grand opening, ribbon-cutting okay. ceremony. 
Um, and no one knew who I was, right? I was just the plus one guy with right. her. And we're just walking around, my plate of hors d'oeuvres and glass of wine. And we were in a conversation with some of the administrative people. And they were talking about a recent meeting they had. And someone said, you know, what did the department chair bring up at this last meeting? And this woman said, oh, he just said he wants to bring back the guitar program. Now, not even, they don't even know my name. I literally almost dropped my glass of wine. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> so we were celebrating that night. And By I mean, the way. <laughs> I didn't even say a word. I didn't say a word. And I went home that night, stayed up all night, you know, worked on my CV, got all my recordings together. And literally that next morning I was, you know, knocking on the door. <laughs> Here's my stuff, just in case. So they ended up hiring me. Um, my first year, they didn't have the guitar back, but you know, I was doing music appreciation classes okay. and like classes, and wow. until they now, could. Do, do you, have you have you ever been able to figure out what it was that brought the director of the, of the department to think, "Hey, we want to bring this back"? We would. Yeah, you know, know I've I, talked to him. I've talked to him many times. He's a very forward-thinking guy. Yeah, and you know his. Was he his new? Quote, yeah, he was fairly new. Okay. At the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. so um, and you know, he was one of those guys. His quote was always, "You know, why did we not have a guitar program? I mean, it's the most popular instrument out there. Like, it's just right. crazy that we didn't have that." So he's been really supportive. I, I'm Amazing. very, very lucky here. I'm telling you, it's yeah. a great place to to work. <laughs> um, he's behind it. In fact, he got my first student here. You know, so that's fantastic. You know, and and, and I think it shows. To me, it shows a real difference that, that that can make when you have that kind of leadership, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes from the top that way, you know, because um, I've seen it, I've seen it go the other way too, you know, so oh, 100%. Who just, I, yeah. you know, it's like, and then, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, we're like the little yeah. uh, runt in the background. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's, and, and just the difference that it can make to actually have the support of, of those people who are, who yeah. are supposedly making the decisions, you know, that's right. great. And, and my colleagues too, like when, when they finally announced, okay, we have a new guitar professor, uh, you know, it was open arms. And, uh, you know, that first year, I think I was on every faculty, you know, concert and yeah. I had to learn to say no because I was just kind of overwhelmed. Like, oh, I want to play the That's with great, you. though. That's fantastic. That's, yeah, that's so really, it's, been, really it's been fun. And, and the program is growing slowly, but, you know, it's great. Sure. Mm -hmm. And how, how, many, how many students do you have there? I currently have five. Okay. Yeah. Are, those, are those all majors? I have, uh, let's see, I have one master's student who's oh, getting wow. ready to graduate. Yep. There's a grad school. Yeah, of course it is. Yep. State University. Yeah. We have a master's program here. Um, I have, yeah, I have two majors. I have one composition major and CSU has an incredible music therapy program. Okay. And you, you know, you don't have to kind of major in a specific instrument to be in that program, but if you want right. to, you can apply and audition. So I have one sure. student who is a music therapy uh, major. Great. And, and are you, are you teaching any of the classes? Are you still teaching music appreciation? Um, this is my last semester, so I'm going to open a, a bottle of champagne <laughs> and, you know, next week when I submit those grades. <laughs> so my workload is such that I just, I can't commit the time to it. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when COVID hit, we went entirely online. Right. Oh, um, and then last year when we were able to teach face-to-face, -face, we still kept a couple sections online because these lecture classes can be up to 250 students. 
Right. And so luckily, I was able to maintain an online class. So I didn't have to go to main campus and lecture in front of 200 kids, which right. really sucks a lot of time and, you know, yeah, brain. Pump. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. I love, I mean, you get me in front of a, an audience and talk about music. I mean, okay, sure. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, but gosh, there's especially, so much. Well, especially now, you know, who wants, I don't want to be in a room with 200 people. Right. <laughs> don't, don't breathe on me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so next semester, I think I just have one lecture class. I teach a history of rock and roll class, which is a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. Very cool. So did you, did you design that class too? Um, yeah, more or less. They had oh, offered cool. it. And it's so funny because, you know, again, I have great colleagues, but the, the guy who was teaching the class before someone approached me to teach it. And he's like, you know, Jeff has probably forgotten more about rock and roll than I have <laughs> known. So let him do the course. <laughs> And it was a real, it's been really fun. Every semester I try to, you know, up my game a little bit and get more detailed and, you know, more fun projects. And it's been really fun. So, yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds like something that would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So. so what else have you got going on? Do you play a lot of gigs there? Uh, freelance stuff? What? Uh... Fair amount. Yeah. It's kind of a, a nice equal balance of concerts and gigs. Yeah. And, and most of my quote unquote gigs are, you know, in the summer, um, I'm a nine-month employee, so right. in the summer, I do teach one online history of rock and roll class, which is great, okay. um, but the rest of my income is is gigs, you know, doing a lot of whatever I can, sure. um, and then a fair amount of concerts, and my wife and I, we have a flute and guitar duo, and so we do quite a bit of traveling and doing concerts in the summer, so that's... okay. That's kind of the season for that. During the academic year, it's a lot of kind of faculty concerts. Uh-huh, of course. We don't do a do lot you, of that. Um, do you, do, for, for the concerts that you're booking, um, do, do you, you and your wife as a duo, do you have uh, representation or do you, are you booking all that stuff yourself? We're doing it all ourselves right That's now. That's so much work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, we've been very fortunate because they've been reaching out to us. Oh, great. We haven't had to do a lot of kind of just reaching out to promoters and venues and yeah. such. Um, and we're, we're playing as much as we like, you know, it's not right. too much, um, but just enough to kind of keep our chops up, have fun, play the right. repertoire that we love. And um, last summer we actually started doing uh, a fair amount of uh, home concerts. Okay. Which is like dream come true. Those are the greatest yeah. concerts ever. You perform in these people's homes who will have, 20 to 30 people over, sometimes they have it catered. It's a real informal um, yeah. environment. They'll ask questions, you engage with the audience, and then, a, you know, you party afterwards. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, yeah. And so we did a That's couple of I mean, of it's, it's like, you know, it's perfect for the guitar now, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's you, absolutely. You know. Yep. And, you know, after the first two, I remember that we were up in Crested Butte, beautiful mountain town. and you know, at this incredible house and it was like red carpet treatment. They just treated us so well. And we were just, we went to bed that night going, this is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So we did one couple in Colorado. People, people are attentive. They listen, you know, they, they, yeah. they usually, they, usually the rooms sound great. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been really, really fun. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. We did one and uh, some friends of ours hired us in uh, Lodi, California last summer. Oh, fantastic. Wine country. So, you do a concert, you go to vineyards, it's like, yeah, 
doesn't get any better than that. That's great. You, you, yeah. you know, you, you should you should start presenting an organization that focuses on house concerts. You know. Yeah. So we're, we're <laughs> to, we always put the word out. Like, by the yeah. way, if anyone wants to do these concerts, this is that's um, very cool. You do a half dozen of those in a summer. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. And especially, you know, something like traveling to California to do one, too. You know, right. I, I love traveling. I just, you know, any excuse that I have to go somewhere, just, right. you know, sign me up. You know, I love exactly. it. Yeah. That's great, man. Very, very, very cool. So, um, and so you got the flute and guitar duo. What's, what's the name of the duo? Uh, it's called Quattro Duo. Oh, oh, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And have you guys done some recording? We did. We released our debut CD um, two years ago. Okay. Year ago. Um, yeah, um, and it's all new music. It, it it did very well. We're very proud of it. So, mm -hmm. is this stuff that you commissioned? Two pieces. Okay. So I commissioned um, Brian Johansson. Oh, fun. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I commissioned him originally for a, because he had never written for flute and guitar, and I'm a big okay. fan of his compositions. That surprises me, but <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> so I said originally uh, a five to eight minute single movement piece, mm -hmm. like that. So I paid him the commission. He responded with, well, there's a donor here in Portland that's going to match your commission. So I'm oh, going to write fantastic. you a 20-minute sonata, right? So, like, ah. <laughs> so we ended up with a, it's a six-movement uh, work called Painted Music. Yeah. And each movement is based on a painting by Paul Clay. Very cool. And it's a, it's a monster. It's an incredible piece. It's, I, I, I really hope it becomes a standard, you know, yeah. guitar repertoire. Uh, Is he published it? Yeah, it's published. Mm -hmm. Who, who's, who's publishing oh. it? <laughs> Whoever publishes Brian Johansson's music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that company. <laughs> yeah, it's available. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not an easy piece for the guitar. Yeah. It's quite, quite challenging, but rewarding. Very, very cool. Uh, and then, of course, you're familiar with James McGuire. Of course, yeah. Right. Um, you know, the composer guitarist that we both were familiar with through John Homequest. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's always been a part of my career, even as a student. Really? Pieces, yeah. Um, on my debut solo CD, I did two of his suites. And so he's always okay. been, you know, we've been in contact. We've been friends, uh, virtual friends, I'll say. Yeah. And when my wife and I were dating, it was our first Christmas. And I was like, I got to knock it out of the park. I got to figure out a great day. So I had this idea and I, I contacted James and I said, Hey, can I, can I get you to write a, a piece for flute and guitar for my wife? Wow. For my that's, girlfriend. There you go. Nice. And so he wrote originally, this is actually kind of a cool story, but he wrote a four movement suite. Okay. And it was a great gift. I mean, tears oh, were shed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So then, you know, the timeline happened we get married and 2019 was the memorial concert for John Holmquist okay. in, yeah, yeah. in Minnesota. So we flew, we were in Cleveland for the holidays, and then we flew to Minnesota to participate. I played in that concert. 
And we were back, I was backstage warming up and I hear the announcer say, we have a lot of great uh, musicians and composers from Minnesota here in the audience, including Jim McGuire. And I was like backstage going, oh my gosh. Wow. Like, I'm talking, you know, 20 some years of playing yeah. and communicating with them, but never met face to face. Amazing. And so of course at intermission at the concert, my wife finds him and I, I wasn't there, of course, but they were, had this great moment of like, finally we meet. Oh. Well, the funny thing was, is I had moved and I'm teaching at CSU. My old email address wasn't working. He had written two more uh, <laughs> movements of the, of the suite oh. and tried to send them to me. And you never no got them. Response. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I thought you guys broke up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this piece for you and she hated it and you broke yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he was off, like, you know, so worried and we were laughing about it. And he's like, I'm going to send it to you as soon as you go back to Colorado. And I said, no, we didn't break up. In fact, we got married. You know? Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so it's a six movement, beautiful little work. And that was so that starts the CD. Yeah. So we have those two commission pieces for that. Very and cool. that's that's kind of where we're headed, headed right now. Uh, yeah. We are reaching out to a bunch of composers and, you know, commissioning and trying to get new new works. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's exciting us. I think the most. Yeah, that I, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, like yeah. music is something that's alive and real and breathing and yeah. happening in the moment. And there's a lot of people out there writing great music. We, you know, we should give them the opportunity to have their music heard. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And with guitar, I mean, there's a there's quite the the available repertoire. But I sure. I always felt like every recital I'd attend, people play the same. Right. Works. <laughs> I love the piazzola, but I don't ever need to play it again. Oh. The, the mountain songs, you know. <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, I love those works. Yeah, love them. Um, yeah, the piazzola. I have a funny thing that just happened. We were at a chamber music concert. Now, I again, I'm prefacing yeah. this by saying they are awesome and I love them. Yeah. But we went to a chamber music concert, and I was exhausted. I have never in my life fallen asleep in a concert. Oh my! So this was the last time program, and it was flute with uh, marimba. Okay, right, which is a soothing. Oh yeah, to me, the marimba has such a soothing sound anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I am struggling. I'm in the back, and I'm struggling to stay away. <laughs> By the third movement, I'm out. I'm completely asleep. Well, <laughs> apparently, after that movement, a lot of the audience started to applaud. Incorrectly. Okay. I was supposed yeah, to wait. Right, right. Well, it woke me up, and I literally woke up like this. I was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle just gives me the stink eye. She's like, what are you doing? Piece a million times. I'm like, oh, I was sound asleep. So, yeah, that, that just happened. Beautiful. <laughs> so... You have the other recordings for the duo, and then mm -hmm. you, have, you have some solo recordings as well. Yeah, just one. I did a okay. recording back in 2003, I think it came out. Okay. 2002, and then it was released 2003. And, and same thing, a lot of, it's all 20th century new works. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Did you commission anything for, for that? I didn't commission anything, but I did a few world premieres. Okay, very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I did, um, Ricardo Isnaiola had a, a short set of pieces called Three Little Tales. Okay, and he had never recorded those. And... Yeah, so I recorded those. I recorded a this random piece by Stefan Rock that I found in an old issue of like 
guitar review or something. And from what I understood, no one had ever recorded it. Amazing. And then one of the McGuire suites. It was a okay. premiere of that one as well. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. Great. So, and are you, do you have much contact with Ricardo these days? How's he doing? I do. He's yeah. doing fabulous. Um, I mean, for me, sadly, uh, but for him, great. He, he and his wife moved to Florida. Oh, he, he must have retired. He retired a number okay. of years ago. Okay. Um, and his son and wife, and they have a grand, granddaughter, beautiful granddaughter. And they all, as a family, moved to, to the Gulf Coast in Florida. Oh, wonderful. So we keep in touch. We're going to, of course, do a little Zoom um, party with them sometime over the holidays. Oh, great. But yeah, I miss him. And it's weird that he's not in Colorado. Right, because he was no, there for so yeah. long. Yeah, he, I mean, he was the scene in Colorado. 100%. You know, yeah. yeah, he's you know he's a father figure to me. I, I really yeah. love and miss him. And again, when I think about it, it just there's this emptiness. Sure, I know that that person's not here. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. who, who who took over it? He was at Denver, right? Correct, University of Denver. Mm-hmm. So who took over there? Uh, Jonathan Leithwood. Okay. All right. Was was he teaching at the same time as Ricardo? Yes. He was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Ricardo That's... brought Jonathan over shortly after I graduated. Okay. As kind of an assistant, I think. I was gone, so I didn't know. Right. But yeah, he Jonathan's been there for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. So he he ended up taking Okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. And what what's what's the scene like there in Colorado? I mean you're 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 now you're still an hour away from Denver. I imagine Denver is probably the, the, the hub where you know the... Yeah, I mean Denver certainly has the biggest music scene. Yeah. Um, Fort Collins though, I will tell you, is there's a there's an entity here in town that puts a lot of money into music and their their goal is to try to create or establish Fort Collins as kind of a music city, much like a Nashville wow. or, a, or a Austin. Nice. And boy, I will say they, they're doing a great job. Now it's huh. more, you know, popular music, Americana, sure. roots. That's roots, okay. Music, blues. <laughs> um, but it's really neat to see and be here at this time because almost every year there's a new venue or a new school, yeah. or a new studio opening. Um, but Denver certainly is a much bigger city and has a bigger city. Um, and yeah. how, how big? How big is um, how big is Fort Collins, and how big is the university where you teach? Uh, I don't know the population of Fort Collins. The university, I think, is between thirty and thirty-three thousand. Oh, so it's, it's pretty big. Yeah, that's yeah, a big, yeah. big, big school, big campus, sure. and uh, a beautiful campus. Goodness gracious! I mean, yeah. Well, anywhere in Colorado is going to be sure, of course. Big, yeah, yeah. And it, it and is there is there a guitar society scene out there at all? Is 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 that kind of thing happening? Um, I think I'm only aware of one, to be honest, and it's actually up here. It's called the Northern Northern Colorado Guitar Society. Okay, and it's in Fort Collins. It's uh, it used to be. I actually used to meet about two miles from my house. Oh my gosh, amazing! Um, <laughs> and in, in fact, what was funny is I was at some music shop and someone brought it up. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you should you should contact the Guitar Society. I was like, um, there's a Guitar Society. <laughs> yeah, they meet right at Spotlight Music, and I was like, that's like two miles down the street from me. So I had gone to one of the meetings, and I think yeah, Michelle came with me. We played, and I got to meet you know all the people involved. And then of course after COVID, 
I think right. now they're meeting at one of the members' homes. Okay. Um, about in Loveland, Colorado, which is about 20 minutes from here. Okay. Um, but I just haven't had the, the bandwidth or time to get involved. Um, but it's something I want to encourage all my students. You know, yeah. it's a great way to, 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 to network and also gain great experience playing for people. Sure, sure. And are there, do you have resources at the university or in, in Denver? Do they have resources? Is, are, there, are there people coming through playing concerts on a regular basis? Is that happening yes. there? Yeah. Um, not so much here. Um, unfortunately, of course, due to um, COVID, you know, our school, right. at least the music school, or all the departments, I should say, you know, we were all asked to kind of Everything make some cuts. Yeah. yeah. And thankfully, you know, we didn't take a hit in terms of the faculty. Our salaries remain the same. Fantastic. You know, they, yeah. they were really, we were the first priority, and, and I appreciate that. But one of the things that sadly went away for a while temporarily is guest artists. Right. So I think we're going to see that starting next fall or spring, bringing back guest artists at CSU. However, you know, my colleagues at the University of Denver, um, University of Colorado at Boulder with Nicholas Sarah. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're going to bring some people in um, next, uh, yeah, 22, uh, February. Okay. With people like Solo Duos coming. Oh, great. Paul Galbraith. Um, a few other really great, great players. Yeah. So, so it's, 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 things are happening there for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. And I think slowly we'll be establishing a lot of, um, you know, uh, I, I, I hope to work with, with those programs so that, you yeah. know, if you bring a guest artist in, yeah. they can kind of do the, you know, the quote unquote Colorado tour and, and do right. classes yeah, and yeah. concerts at each school. And that would be ideal. Yeah, we've, I really we've want Colorado really... to become a, a destination place for classical guitars. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. it, it, it seems like everything's, you know, set up. You have the people there. The programs are, are there. You know, it's, 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 right. it's, in a, it's, it's in a place in the country that you're a part of the country that the people might be passing through going elsewhere, you know, and so exactly. like, hey, That's what stop, happened stop by. You know? <laughs> that is exactly how I ended up here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I had no intentions of coming to Colorado. I wanted to go to one of the coasts after CIM. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, th I, I, thought, you just, had, had, I thought you had gotten, you wanted to study with Ricardo, and that was, that was how it happened. Well, I wanted to go to one of the coasts, so I was going to go to either San oh Francisco gosh. or maybe yeah. Manhattan. Okay. And John was the one, he said, I don't care where you audition, but you have to meet Ricardo Isnella. Like, okay. just, just do that for me. And I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> He's at the University of Denver, and I, I just remember thinking, like, Denver. Like, what That's would I do? Flyover country. <laughs> I have to wear a giant belt buckle to school. <laughs> so I came out to Heath to do this International Guitar uh, Guitar Week. Okay. And I think it was 91. I came out here for that festival, and, and it changed my life. Yeah. That guy was, my mind was made up after that festival. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I that was, that was a similar kind of experience. That's how I ended up going to Cleveland, you know, is, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to have another school to look at and I, I, I had, I'd known about John, um, you know, I heard him play and, and, you know, I thought, well, you know, oh, yeah. I, I need to have some other options. And I went there and did my audition. I was like, oh, well, um, I guess this is where I want to go now. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> and it was, I, it was literally like within probably 20 minutes of meeting John. You know, it was like, oh, okay, no, yeah, yeah, this is the guy. This is what 100%. I want to do. 
That was me too. I, I grew up 20 minutes from CIM, right? Yeah. So the thought of like staying in Cleveland, I was, I was like, no, I want to go away to school. And again, same type of thing. My, my private teacher at the time was Mary Lou Roberts. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Who at the time was doing her master's with John. Yeah. And she said, oh, you should try, you should audition for John or meet John. And I went to see one of his concerts. Do you remember a Thurman guitar shop or something yeah, like uh-huh, that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He had a little concert series. And same thing. I went to that concert and yep. it was such a moving experience. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Yeah. And then I met him afterwards and I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. They have to do this. <laughs> yeah. So did yeah. you play classical guitar as, as, as a kid when you were, when you were first learning? No, I, I, you know, I started when I was seven when I was, you know, okay. and it was just kind of general guitar. It was just fun. Yeah, yeah. I like to play anything. Back then I was obsessed with, you know, Peter Frampton and Kiss. And right. Whatever. Yeah. And so I played guitar from age seven to 14. And I think I was 14. I heard a Julian Bream record. Uh-huh. And that, that was one of, again, one of those pivotal moments of, what is this? Right, I, had yeah. no, I had no idea. I could not comprehend that that was one person playing all of that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even about the repertoire at the time. I just, right. I love the, the sound. sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it was called classical guitar. I had no right. idea. Yeah. You know. And it, Do you it remember was how lot. you heard that recording? Like, it was, was, was it on the radio? Was somebody give it to you? Say, oh, you like guitar? Listen to this. Yeah, I, one of those things, because I, I probably still have the record at my mom's house somewhere. Amazing. And it took a while. You know, I, I found Mary Lou. Um, she was teaching at Baldwin Wallace College in the prep okay. department. And my parents called and, yeah, like we got this classical guitar teacher over here. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and I, the good thing is, like, even when I was a little kid, the first lesson I went to, the guy put a book in front of me and taught me how to read music. Right. The very first well, I knew how to read music really well, even by the time I started classical lessons. Oh, great. Yeah, so yeah. It's really just a matter of this now, is had how you've been taking lessons with somebody during that whole time or did you were you kind of working on your own? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I took lessons from a handful of um, teachers, you know, in Cleveland. Um, some of you know, who are still good friends of mine. I still yeah. communicate with them. They're all amazing players. Um, and I, I learned a ton from them, you know. I, yeah. I, I really value my time with those players, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, that's, that's great. So, yeah. And so, so you were, you, were, you would have been like a freshman in high school, sophomore year? Yeah, like my freshman, freshman sophomore year, I think I started. Yeah. And, and then it was like you get bit by the bug, and that's it. Yeah. No, no turning you back. Obsessed, yeah. 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 <laughs> like you don't want to do no, anything else. <laughs> discovering, you know, the great repertoire. What, what right. I even even as a kid or even as a teenager, you know, I always gravitated towards kind of the more new music and yeah, very stuff. And, and I, you know, that's still been my path. So the, the brainy music. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. But. You know, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to mention any names, but like, you know, there's certain <laughs> guitar repertoire styles that I never really interest me. And I was like, am I learning this because I have to? Right. I want to. And when I was studying with John, he made me play uh, a sonatina, you know, again, well, it was Giuliani, right? Sonatina. <laughs> I worked really hard on that piece. I played it very well and I played it for my jury. And afterwards, I'm like, do I have to keep playing this? 
<laughs> and he, you know that you know the John smirk I'm talking about, yeah. right? He just looks at you yeah. and uh-huh. with closed smirk. And I was like, I'd rather not play this music anymore. And he's just kind of laughed. He's like, No, that's good. He goes, I'm glad that you're finding your own voice. And <laughs> I was like, Okay, thank you. I, I had a I had a similar experience with him. One of the one of one of my grad recitals that I was preparing. And he, you know, when, when I was selecting the repertoire and thinking about what to play and whatnot, it had dawned on me that, like, for as long as I could remember, I spent as much time working on Bach as I did anything else that I was working on. You know, like, I, I, I always had Bach on every single program. Yeah. And, and in terms of time spent in the practice room, you know, I spent more time on that than I did anything else because it's hard to oh. play, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and... And, I, and when I was preparing that, that recital, I was like, you know, I it, I really don't want to be like, can I can I can I do a program where I don't I don't have to do this? Do I have to don't right. have to play any Bach? And he's like, you have to do a Baroque suite. And like every week I go in and be like, do I do I have to? He, he said, you have to do oh, a Baroque oh, that's suite. Funny. Like like he just that that was it. That he would just say that one sentence. We there was no discussion. There was right. no suggestions of you should look into this. You, just, you have to do a Baroque suite. Okay, but John, you have to do Baroque Suite. <laughs> right. You know, that's still, for, for many years, that was kind of my go-to concert program. It'd sure. be Bach, Suite, and yeah. all contemporary, everything else. Yeah. And, you know, or transcriptions. I used to really love to do transcriptions. So yeah. I'd always include my own transcriptions of whatever. Um, yeah. But there was just so much repertoire. And it's not that it's, I think it's bad or... But just like we were talking about with the flute and guitar material, it's like, do I need to play that piece? Because I can go to, you know, 10 guitar recitals and hear that piece. Um, and again, nothing against the, the, the music. I just want to spend my time practicing it. And... Right. Well, I, th- I think it's, you know, and it's important to play music that you connect with somehow. Oh, 100%. I mean, what's, the, what's the point otherwise, you know? And, right. And... I think that's when you're, it's a genuine type of performance when you're up there. And you can tell. I can always tell when a performer's given me something that, that they're passionate about or yeah. love. And I want to feel that way too. You know? yeah. well, it, that's an interesting thing because I, I know that for, for me, it, it probably took, I don't know, it, I, I probably had been out in the world doing stuff for about 10 years before I really got to feel like, hey, it's okay to do this, you know, it's, it's yeah. okay to, you know, put together a program that, that looks like this, or, you know, it's not this, it's not the cookie cutter thing that I've, that I've been doing, um, because this is what we do kind of thing, but more, more individual and, and more interesting, and, and maybe I'm going to play this, and maybe I'm going to do that, and of course, nobody ever, like, sure, nobody cares, you know, it, like, <laughs> that was never, it was never an issue, but it's, it's just funny that it, it, it takes time to kind of get your head out of that, course way of thinking you know yeah yeah especially as a student it's more so as an undergrad i know that even in grad school ricardo really embraced me forging my own path you know he encouraged that which was great he didn't have any kind of you must play this sonata you must play this there were a couple things you had to do a bach fugue i remember that which i was going to do that anyway so so I really appreciate that about him. I'd say that was those were the years where I really kind of found my own voice, you know. Sure. Yeah. Did did he have did he have um, his students playing a lot of chamber music when you were working on your? Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, what I liked about what I liked about both schools I attended was 
chamber music wasn't necessarily a requirement. Yeah. But I remember I had no shortage of chamber music opportunities. It was constant. Right. Um, I always played with other instruments and, yep. um, and it was, you know, you didn't even do it for a grade. You did it right. because you loved playing with other people yep. and remembering friends and, and CIM was full of such crazy talented oh. people. Like, oh, uh, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was, it was intense. You know, I, I tell my students today that when I started CIM, I mean, I was a, I was a good player. I, yeah. you know, for, yeah, for my, you're, you're, you're a great player, man. <laughs> And I, but I guess my point was like, I felt like, okay, I'm, I passed the audition. I like John. This right. is a good place for me. And then those first two weeks, living in the dorm, yeah. listening to people practice, especially the string players. Oh my God. Amazing. I felt like, what am I doing here? Yeah. This is like um, <laughs> a whole different level of, yeah. of player at yeah. such a young age. It was, for a while, it was intimidating. Yeah. Um, and then I finally, you know, it's, I remember... it's a real head trip, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I, I came to that after, you know, finishing a, a degree and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm on my career path and I, you know, I did really well as an undergraduate and, you know, and wow, it was a real kick in the teeth, you know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Wow. But it, it was so motivating. And the thing I remember just being in that environment that was so good for me was, you know, I just, I just went to every recital I possibly could, yeah. you know, like every night somebody was playing great repertoire. And this, like you said, the string players, my God, insane, right. insane yeah. level of playing. So, and, and I think I was just, you know, probably half of it was just like, Hey, I'm bored tonight. Something to do. I have no money. I live a block away from the school. Somebody's doing a cello recital. I think I'll go listen to that, you know, and get my mind blown, you right. know? And, but I think, you know, doing that for a couple of years, you know, was was a big part of my education and just in terms of, you know, learning about music and the repertoire and hearing it played at such a high level and you know, yep. under, trying to understand that and what that meant and, and the way that influenced me was was huge, you know, and I, I, I used to tell my students all the time, it's like, you want to be, you don't want to be in, in an environment where you feel like you're doing well, you know, <laughs> you, want, yeah. you want, you want to be in that challenging environment where you're surrounded with people who play better than you. Cause that's going to be a better situation for you. Yeah. I was very intimidated that first year to play with anybody other than the other guitarists. Yeah. You know, my roommate was a flutist and I was even intimidated playing with him for the first year or two. I mean, we played on each other's recitals and um, it wasn't until about my second year when I thought, no, you should play with every person you Everybody can, yeah. that's willing to. And, and then also, <laughs> you know, having the Cleveland Orchestra right down the street. Unbelievable, yeah. Get to go to those concerts for free every yeah. single week. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And then you have their, those uh, symphony members teaching at your school. Right. You know, you get to get to know them on a personal level. I don't know about yeah. you, but like I remember going to a couple like holiday parties at one of their houses and stuff and having that realization like, wow, I'm here with like half the orchestra. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging out with John Mack. Yeah. That was, that yeah. was, that was something yeah. else. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not sure I had, you know, like I said, I'm not sure I had the realization of it at that point in time. I, I, for whatever reason, you know, because it could have gone the other way. I could have just not paid any attention, you know, and what a waste that would have been. You know, it was just it was just this kind of lucky thing that, that I 
I decided to, to do that. It wasn't really conscious. It wasn't like, here I am in this great environment. I have to, you know, soak up every bit I can. But that's what I ended up doing. And it, it yeah. really made exactly. a huge difference. Fantastic. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like you, know, you, you know, too, being, being in school with Jason, like, you know, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, yeah. that was fantastic. Getting to play duets with him? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, I know you and I probably have talked about this, but... You know, I remember, I think I was a junior when he started. And, you know, hearing him for the first time yeah. in performance class. And John kind of saying, yeah, we've got this new kid from Buffalo. He's only 17. He's going to blow your mind. And I remember thinking, <laughs> okay, that's, that's great. Bring okay. it <laughs> And then he walked in and, um, you know, it was probably 120 pounds, right? Soaking wet. And I, I think it was... Didn't he play like Hans Werner Hens's? Uh, yes. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he played it beautifully. And yeah. I just remember having that moment of like, what, who's, what kind of is this kid? <laughs> what, just, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, actually, my very first day of, of class at CIM, like meeting, meeting all the, the, the other guitar department people and, you know, actually like going and seeing John in person, like, for school um was it was it was a day that we had performance class right and I, and I got there early and I'm hanging outside outside the studio you know and this goofy kid walks up hey I'm Jason you know like, he doesn't sound like that by the way um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was he was just a kid he was this lanky goofy you know and it's like he was like a surfer dude you know and it was yeah. so funny you know I'm Jason hey come next to me I knew nothing you know we go in, sit down, and this is the first performance class of the year. And Jason plays the first movement of the, the um, second cast movie of a Tesco concerto, right? right? Perfect. Perfect. And, oh, I know. and, you know, I had been talking to him outside, and he's like, yeah, I'm a freshman. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to go home and burn my guitar. What the hell oh, was yeah. that? <laughs> and, and the funny thing was, is I didn't know. I thought, because he was the only person that I heard play. Oh, and I, th I, I thought, he's a freshman here. All of the undergraduates play like this? What the hell? You know, right. I was, oh, it was really crazy. It was just <laughs> the funniest. It's such a head trip, you know? <laughs> it was. I, you know, the other thing I'll, I always add to that story, because I, I love telling him. In fact, he was my first guest artist at, at CSU. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, my, my goal was if, if I get this program up and running, Jason's going to be my inaugural guest yeah. artist. Excellent. And it was great success, sold out. And they had me come out and introduce them. And I told that story the first time that we met. <laughs> and I, you know, the one thing I always add is like to make matters worse, far worse, <laughs> is that he ended up being one of the nicest people on the oh, planet. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's such you know, an amazing human being. So humble yeah. and funny. And it was like instant friendship. Yeah. Like, okay, he's one of my peeps, you know? Yeah. He just happens to be a, an alien on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, when he tours many times, he'll, out in Colorado, he'll always stay with my wife and I. And, and we just, oh, have, nice. you know, my face hurts after he leaves. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, you know, he'll go upstairs and practice. And it's one of those, it's like exactly how you felt. And yeah. I still feel that way. I'm 51 and he's up there practicing. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 a different it's a whole different level. It's 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 beyond. And I've heard I've heard really really great guitar playing. Uh, yeah. You know, like I've heard a lot of people and there's just something something going on there that that is just different and amazing and like you know, yeah. He, 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 yeah, he's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> uh, as you know, he's just, he's a great friend and yeah. certainly, certainly miss him. So Yeah, that's really cool that you, you, you're able to see him every once in a while, too. Yeah, yeah if I'm back in Cleveland, you know, Michelle and I will always go. Uh, you right, because you have family there still, of course. Yeah, my family's, my whole family's still in Cleveland. So we try to get back once a year, twice a year, and um, we'll always hook up with Jason and his family. Yeah. And so. Neat. Yep. Great. Yeah. Have you been down to CIM in the last few years? Uh, it's it's been a while. Um, I'm trying to think. The last time I was there, I, w I went there for a concert, um, and it was after they had you know built the whole stuff out on the on the yeah. side of the building where the the pavilion was and all that. Um, but it's been, oh my gosh, it's probably it's probably been ten years since I was I was at the building. Yeah, I can't. It's unrecognizable. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're coming back in february for my mother's birthday celebration oh. and my wife has a birthday right before so my mom bought us tickets for the orchestra so we're going to go see the cleveland orchestra oh very cool yeah so my wife's never seen them i cannot wait we're going oh, to seven hall and uh, i'm so excited yeah and where's she from uh originally she was uh born in cape cod Oh, okay. And then as a young girl, their, her family moved to Maine. So she was mainly, she's, she can kind of considers herself a Mainard. Yeah. Okay. Right? So she's been in Maine and, and she came out to Colorado a few years after I did to do her master's and uh, DMA at University of Colorado. Okay. Yep. Great. And how long, how long has she been at, at, at Colorado State? I think it's been about 16 years. Okay. So she was there a long time before you, yeah. you started teaching mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. we met over 20 years ago playing a gig together. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and we were just friends. You know, we just yeah. she lived kind of further away from me, and we we hung out a few times. And I played on her debut C CD, did a couple concerts, and yeah. And then 20 odd years later, there we're there. You go. Yep. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. And do you have anything coming up here? Like, um, you know. Next next few months or next year, do you have any any, any plans that people should know about? Um, nothing huge, but we did. Any time now, we commissioned um, Simon Iannarelli, Italian oh, okay. composer, uh -huh. uh, who I think now resides in Mexico, I believe. But I've been a big fan of his music for a while, and we commissioned him. So he's writing a piece for us that's almost finished for alto flute and guitar. Excellent. Um, and we reached out to a couple other composers, uh, Clarice Assad and Oh wow. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed we'll, we'll get some new music in twenty two or twenty three. So yeah. That's gonna be a big part of what we're gonna be doing. How how up. are you getting the funding for that? Did, did is your school providing support um, on that stuff? Not necessarily. Uh, like the the Ianarelli piece we're paying out of our own pockets. Oh nice. You know, here's the thing is like, you know, we're we're older. We're in our fifties, right? Well, my wife will be fifty. Um, <laughs> you don't have kids now. I don't know. My, my tongue just kind of went. You know, we don't have kids. Um, you know, 
the two things we love to spend our money on is music and, and art. Right. I, so can, we, I can tell from, from your walls that, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, using the money that we save, oftentimes sure. we'll, we'll put aside X amount so that, you know, when we hear a composer that we love, we can talk to them. But there are some opportunities through school, some professional uh, development type of things that we're applying for. Um, so hopefully we'll get some financial help. Sure. That, you know. um, so we have some commissions coming up. And of course, faculty concerts at CSU. And then in the summer, um, Michelle might be doing a workshop in Italy. Uh, oh, so do you get to go? Well, that's the plan. <laughs> uh, I'm going to a concert there. Yeah. Um, kind of in the, on, the, on the front end of that festival. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, like, like you, we like to travel and do concerts yeah. elsewhere. And, have, you, have, you been, have you been to Italy? Uh, three times. Oh, excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been to Rome a couple of times, Florence, and then, uh, a few years back we went to Sicily. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> um, do you have any, any, any plans for other recordings that you're going to do with, with any of the, the new stuff coming up? That's the plan, but I think it's going to be long-term because yeah. You know, a commission is one thing, right. but a recording is about two or three times that, that cost. Yeah. You know, if you do it right with the right people, even with a label or label support, you know, it's, it reaches expensive. It's yeah. expensive. And you're not going to make that money back, unfortunately. But it's you know, something we <laughs> So I, I foresee, I would love to do another solo uh, CD or recording, I should say now. Uh, but I know Michelle and I are, are definitely going to, once we have a good collection of, of works, new works, uh, we'll do another CD. You know, we right. want it to be all brand new music. Of course. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh, the other composer I should mention, there's a guitarist and composer who, I remember him when he was a student here at University of Denver. His name is Grant Ferris. Yeah, He's in the school now. Um, great guy. Become a good friend. And... He um, wrote a couple pieces for flute and guitar, and, and Michelle and I toured with some of those pieces for a while. Okay. And at one point, he contacted me. He was so thankful, and he's like, I just appreciate you playing the piece. Wow. Um, I want to write you guys a piece, like just for you guys. Just so, out of gratitude, yeah. Yeah, and, and he wrote us this gorgeous piece. Uh, he wanted a, something to, to write about, a, a theme or a story or... Um, so we had him write a piece in memory of our fathers. Oh, nice. And uh, we debuted that last summer. This was kind of crazy. Our first concert back post-COVID. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an outdoor concert here in Fort Collins. And we were going to debut that piece. And, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, June 20th. That sounds great. I look, I put it on my calendar. and It's Father's Day. Oh, my gosh. No. So <laughs> it was, like, it was so serendipitous and beautiful. Yeah. So that I know that piece it will be in our repertoire for a very long time, and it'll be on the recording. So um, that's our goal: is a, a recording of all world premieres, new works yeah, yeah. that we commissioned. You know, so absolutely, yeah, mm -hmm. get it out there, do it, do it. You know, it, it's 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 funny too. The other thing that that I I'm constantly thinking about this now is like, why are we making CDs? Do, like we 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 still do that. Right. I don't listen to CDs. You know, like, does, does, does anybody listen to CDs anymore? No, like, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, 
I, you know, we've upped our game this year with our audio system. Okay. I don't know. It's because we were bored. We like, we love spending time at home. <laughs> like, COVID was, I have to tell you, quarantine was pretty awesome. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> we hung out together, listen to music. We, you know, drank wine, cooked, yeah. up, upped our cooking game. Um, <laughs> so if I'm going to listen to, especially classical music, CDs yeah. might go to. Um, yeah. For, for the audio quality, for sure, yeah, right? 100%. So I, when we did our last CD, the record company, I think they gave us, I want to say it was about 300 CDs, something like right. that. And surprisingly, you know, we take them to concerts and people still buy them. Right. Yeah. But that's the only thing. I, I call them glorified business cards. That's all they exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people, yeah, they, they, they will buy them at, at, at live events. But that's yeah. other than that, that's that's it. And, and, and you know, I think it's more of a souvenir. It, it, yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> or, you know, people, people buy them to be nice, I think, which I appreciate. Yeah, right. But the comment I got this time around was quite funny. Someone will, will reach out and say, hey, I want to buy five of your CDs. Okay, great. You know, and I send it to them like, I don't even have a CD player. <laughs> give them away as gifts and it's a, it's a nice gesture i guess yeah, um, yeah. like even cars just, it, even cars don't have cd players now so. right i know it's it's bizarre it's really strange you know and, yeah. and i just i don't know if that like it makes me feel old honestly like i you know i, oh, I think I know. about it and because it just it's it's in my head is that's what we do you know we right. we, we we make these recordings we make the cds that's the next next you know and and yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about that lately. Is just what well, you know what what's, and if we don't make CDs, how are we doing it? You know, right. and and yeah, well, it's all streaming. We, I guess yeah. And if if that's the case, then the whole concept of a group of piece, pieces placed consciously on a recording right. really becomes meaningless, and it's really weird. One of the one of the CDs that I did, it's you know, if you don't listen to it in order, it makes no sense at all. Like, there you it, go. Yeah, I it's agree. It's ridiculous. I'm and, such and a... I did that on purpose, you know, and 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 I think about that now, and and even I mean, that was I don't even know when that was, maybe 2010, 2011 when mm -hmm. I made that one, and you know, even then people were you know listening to music on computers and iTunes and things like this, or on their iPod. What are those things called? I iPods, iPods, yeah, <laughs> like I something still, or another. That's my in my car. I still use the, the old school. I still have it, and I wow. still yeah, I love it. Amazing, and yeah. yeah, I remember that. What what a thing that was! Like, oh my gosh, I can carry my entire music collection around on this thing that's you know just a little bit bigger than my wallet, you know. And but even you know even then, you know ripping the music off the CD and, and listening to it on shuffle or whatever, you know, the concept of that album is, is thrown out the window, you know, I'm such a, a, a geek about that too. You know, being from a, a child in the 1970s, like sitting yeah. and listening to a record side, a staring at the cover, staring at the yeah. cover, reading every liner note, but the sequence of tracks, you yeah. know, it was such a big thing. Like when I hear a song sometime, I can tell you, uh, it's going to go right into the song. Uh -huh. And I, yep. you're right. I totally, I miss that experience, especially what we do. Right. You're, if you're recording a suite yeah. and, you know, track 14 comes up and it's the, the gig. Right. You just miss the rest of this, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
the content yeah, should, it should be in order. We actually would do when the the one of the recordings that I did with Stanley with it, we we thought long and hard about that because it was you know situations of like you know Ataka movements that right, go one exactly. into, the, into the next. It's like well, we we don't want to make that a separate track on the CD, but thinking of how to index the the tracks on the CD and what we were going to put on the on the, on the jacket or whatever you know in terms of how that was going to be described. I mean, it, it really took a lot of thought. Right, but you know, it's 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 just interesting because I've been thinking a lot about that now. It's like again, it makes me feel old. It makes me feel like, well, what you know, how how are we dealing with this this problem of, of delivering the music to people that right. want to listen to it in a way that makes sense, you know? And right. uh, and that was a big conversation, uh, a stressful conversation, you know, <laughs> with our producer, with, the, yeah. with Mich between Michelle and I, and just like, okay, what is the correct order that we put? these these pieces together yeah. where it would flow nicely and you know i always like to start a cd or a concert program with you know i call it my welcome mat piece so a piece that really yeah. draws the audience Love right it. away and they Love want to it. stay with you and then and and then all of a sudden you had a realization like well who the hell cares <laughs> it doesn't like, matter at all <laughs> and hit play and listen to the whole thing in order like yeah. it's supposed to be heard probably not you know yeah. So it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, one of, one of the things when I do recording work for people, I have, which I haven't done for a long time. Like, um, I discovered that, that I was spending so much time working on other people's recordings that, that my own were really suffering. And so I just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm not working on anybody else's recordings now. I'm just doing mine. Oh, that's and, great. But it, one of the things that I was constantly telling my clients was this is not for you. you know, this is for other people. Right. And they're going to listen to it however they're going to listen to it, the way that they want to listen to it. And you have to be okay with that. You know, once once you're done with it, once it, that baby's oh. finished and it's out there in the world, it's know. theirs. You know, and it's so weird because we put so much into it. We, and you, but you have to remind yourself, that this is not for me. I'm, you know, I don't listen to my recordings. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, do you ever listen to your own recordings? Like, Hardly ever. Like, I, yeah. I can't. It, it's, it's, it, and I, I like them. I'm very proud of them. Um, you know, and some of them I'm really proud of, but like, you know, I just can't do it. Like, it's like I, I know. remember it's, every little thing and it's just, it takes me right back there. And I, I think, oh my gosh, you know, what's funny though, is if I've been, I've been places where one of my recordings was on and I didn't realize it. I had the exact same experience. Yep. And, and, and I'm not really listening to it. It's just in, in the back room or, or background or something. And you think, wow, that sounds pretty good. Oh my gosh, that's me! And it's like this little, little, little bubble of pride that comes up, you know. I, but then, then you have to shut that down, you know. And I, don't listen too carefully. I'm the yet. worst. I'm the absolute <laughs> worst when it comes to listening to my own recordings. And that happened to me. I was driving home from a gig. I was in Wyoming. I just crossed into Colorado because Wyoming's like a, a an hour drive from here, right? Or yeah. less than an hour. And I'm listening to Colorado Public Radio, and same thing. I caught the tail end, <laughs> and I didn't. It was off my debut CD, so I, I didn't even. It didn't even register what piece it yeah. was. But I had this thought of like, "Oh, that sounds good. What is this?" And then the guy comes on, and I'm right, he totally botched my name. He's like, "That was uh, Colorado guitarist Jeff LaQuarta," and I was like, "Holy crap! Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> almost pulled over. <laughs> yeah it's it it's that's a it's funny because like you know not not to sound like jaded or anything but you know i, I 
various things that I've done have been on the radio. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and I've, I've, I, but I never like, that's, a, that's thrilling to me, you know, like, like driving around and, and something I was like, Hey, that's me. I mean, I, you know, that, that yeah. I used to stick my finger in the cassette thing. Right. Say, There's nothing in here. Look at that. There's nothing in here. That's on the radio. People are listening to this. It's in the, it's in the air. You know? someone, someone just <laughs> it's a rush. You know, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago. Someone told us a friend of ours from Denver, said something about our recording. She's like, oh, yeah, I hear it all the time on the hospital station in Denver. And we're like, you do? Wow. (laughs) Well, here's the real question. Do you ever see any royalties for performance of that recording on the radio? I'm sorry, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we supposed to get paid when when, when they play our recordings? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. When it comes to radio play, I, I really don't know. I have if, other. If, if you if you own the rights to the the product, that yeah, you're I, supposed to you're supposed to get royalties uh, on that. What I do get, I don't know about you, I do get a kind of a quarterly statement from like I'm on, I guess it's SoundDrop, it's called. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they basically track everything, so you'll get a quarterly statement with the tiniest font print of page after page after page after page of like every play of every yeah. track. And the, the location and the source, so if it was played on Amazon Music, if it was played on YouTube, if it was on whatever, um, and then what you made that for that play, for that, you know, audio. And it's, I bring it in and show my students. I'm like, this is hysterical. <laughs> so as we were talking about earlier, you just, you don't do recordings for the, you know, financial gain or anything. Right. It'll be page after page after page after page. And then you look at the total of, for your quarter and it'll be like... Less than five bucks. Right. <laughs> Can't even buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> no. And then I think I have it set so that every $20, they'll send you a check or a deposit back into your account. And that's like every two years, you might get a check for 20 bucks. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's kind of funny. It is. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's humorous. My, one of my favorite favorite sayings is, oh, I'm going to sell literally dozens of beasts. (laughs) And that's the one good thing about having physical copies is, you know, you do make, it was funny. Here's, you know, when I put my first CD out, that was 2002 or 2003, CDs, people were selling them for $15. Yeah. That was average. (laughs) Oh, now they're selling them for like eight to 10 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm charging... You know, ten dollars for a CD today versus almost twenty years ago, it's fifteen. <laughs> Yay, music, right? Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, I wouldn't do anything else. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's I know. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a blessing, and it's it's such a fun. You know, what what I tell people is, you know, it, it's a really fun way to try to make a living. Sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I, I definitely, with my students, in, a, in a, a caring, loving way, I always give them what I, you know, my scared straight speech yeah. of the realities of what you do as a, as a career, you know, sure. what's involved, the amount of work, how, you know, spread out you need to be. You can't just, you know, you're not going to graduate and become the next Julian Breen. Yeah. Um, you know, here are the, the 12 different things that you can do immediately to make some money. And you need yeah. to do all of them, and you need yep. to start now. Um, 
and very little of, of, of what you're going to spend your time doing is actually playing the guitar. I know that. <laughs> I know. I'm sure you feel this way too. I remember getting the speech from my my teachers of like, yeah. "This is when you do the most practicing while you're a yep. student." And I would think, "Man, are you kidding me?" And boy, yeah. were they right. You know? Oh, I know. Yeah. Not I, I remember. I remember John telling me. You know, because my schedule in, in grad school was, was such that I could, I could practice six hours a day pretty consistently. You know, right. I could do three hours in the morning. I usually had some sort of class or something. You know, the, the, the way that they did the graduate program at CIM was, was nice because the, the, class, the class, class load was not heavy. You know, I took maybe one or two classes, act like, act like sit in a desk kind of classes every semester at most, right. you know. And the rest of it was playing and I had tons of time to practice. And I remember John telling me, he's like, you know, you need to pay attention to your time and because you're not going to ever have this kind of time ever again to, right. to, to use to practice that way. And so true. thankfully I listened to him, you know, and I, th right. I think, I think now, you know, the way my process tends to work is, you know, I'm really efficient. Like my practice is super efficient. And it has to be because they don't have tons and tons of, of time. So, you know, I, I can do more in an hour now than, you know, probably back then I was doing you know, six hours. But but it's because I did I did that time then that right. I can do that now, you know, and, and it's and that was when I was when I was doing the academic teaching. That was that was like the one one thing that I was just try, really trying to get in my students heads. You know, like you, you've got to you've got to understand this. This is. You know, this is this is this is the time to do this work. You know, right. you're never going to have it again. Something I always instill or try to with my upperclassmen and grad students is, you know, just the idea of efficiency and learning, being able to learn things well in a very short period of time. Because, you know, one thing I remember learning that was a kind of a a, a real harsh lesson for me post grad school when I was making a living and gigging and playing a lot of chamber music. Yeah. You know, was Okay, uh, you want to play on this series? Great. You're going to learn this piece. The concert's in a month. Yep. Right? You learn this incredibly difficult piece. You play it. And then the next day, it's like, okay, what am I learning for the next concert? And it was just right. constant, constant, constant. Yeah. Learn a piece, play it. Learn another piece, yep. learn. You have one rehearsal, and that's done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, whereas when you're a student, of course, you live with these pieces for a number of years. You yeah. Try the program out 10 times, you play your recital. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way at all. I mean, with, with solo concerts, I don't know about you, but and a lot of it is just the time commitment is, I live with pieces for a long time. Yeah. And I come up with a program and that's my program for a while. I'll shift one or two pieces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you don't have the opportunity to, to, to live with a piece for so long, unfortunately. And it's, it's interesting, it was one of the things that you said made me think, you know, because my students often ask about my practice, like, what are you practicing, what are you working on, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a decidedly unromantic answer that always comes out, and it's like, well, it really is whatever I've got coming up next. My, my calendar dictates, you know, what, what I'm doing in the practice room based on, you know, and, and it's, sometimes it feels like a grind, you know, but on the other hand, like, there's something that's that's kind of comforting about it too. You know, it's like I don't have to I don't have to make these decisions that are made for me. I I just next next right. you know, um, but it's it's it, it's a very practical minded kind of thing. And I think you know, it's, it, people outside the profession often 
yeah, they romanticize it or they think, you know, they, they, they always want to know, what's, oh, what's your, what's your favorite, you know, music to play or, you know, and, and I'm like, well, it depends on how much they're paying me. Yeah. <laughs> right now, this is my favorite piece because I can pay my mortgage this month. <laughs> and, you know, for me also with my students is, of course, I want them to, to play great music and great programs yeah. and learn a box suite and all of that. But, you know, the practical part of making a living at this you know, learn to arrange a pop song fast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in a, in a week, I want you to be able to play, who knows, I don't know, to name any song sure. and just do an arrangement where you're playing the melody and an accompaniment because this is what you're going to mm -hmm. living doing. You know, I'm, I, I used to play a fair amount of, you know, wedding ceremonies and mm -hmm. such. And I, the, the, the joke is like, Brides today, they don't ask for. You're not playing Pachelbel Canon anymore. No, no. It's like, <laughs> you play Ed Sheeran or whatever, and it's like I don't even know who they're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And then you just listen to the song, sketch out a little, you know, lead sheet, yep. and be able to play, um, you know, a solo guitar version of that. And it, it doesn't need to be crazy, you know. Uh, you don't have to put every single voice in there, just the, yeah. the bare bones. And that's yeah. what that's what's going to pay your bills. Absolutely. Yeah. So just having that knowledge of, of you know, pay attention to music theory um, <laughs> just, and, and try things by ear. I, I encourage that as well. That's great. Uh, try to learn an easy classical piece just by ear. Mm -hmm. Don't you go to YouTube, whatever, just listen to it and see if you can figure it out. Or, you know, uh, take this jazz tune and just... All I want you to do is write the melody out and the chords, you know, that kind of thing. That's such good training. Absolutely. Yeah, what we do, it's what, it's, again. It's what musicians have always done, you know. I think, right. I think that's, how that got pried out of a, a, a traditional right. regimen of training, I don't, I don't understand how that, that happened, you know, and that, that, that as, as a professional, that, that was something that I had to develop. Right. You know, after, you know, I was like, wait, I just, I just, finished all this training and I can't do these very simple things. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. And that was something, even as a little boy, when I was just learning the guitar, that was something I started doing right away. I mean, I was learning, you know, these are the notes on the first string, E, F, and G, and I you know, play my lessons, but I had two older brothers who listened to records all the time and I loved the music they were listening to. And yeah. just to be able to play the vocal line, right? I had no concept of a chord. Right. Like, I can't put the chords together and play this song, but I could play the little melody that the singers yeah. do. And that was like a big, you know, source of pride as a little kid. But yeah, unbeknownst to exercise me, was, those muscles. Yeah. Yeah, I was developing my ear. So I don't know what happens to you, but even some of my colleagues, I'll sit around and I'll, we'll be listening. I'll be sketching out the progression or the, the melody. And they're like, how are you doing that? I'm like, well, I don't why, know. Why can't you do that? I played for a flutist in a, a master class for Chris Norman many, many years ago. He's he was the um the flutist in the Baltimore consort. Oh and nice. Anybody, you know, he's he also did like, you know, straight up silver classical flute, the highest I, degree and, and all this kind of stuff. And he just anything flute was was what he does. You know, awesome. anything that anything that has to do with a human playing a flute. He's into right. it, you know, and so he goes, he goes to all these like different folk festivals and he does the early music thing and he does the classical symphonic thing and it, everything. He does it all. Oh, great. And so this, uh, this, it was, it was a master class at, at Ohio State 
that they had brought him in to do. And one of the, the flutists there that I played with on a, on a regular basis had asked me to, to accompany her for, for this master class. And he started the master class with just teaching a simple, I, I think it was an Irish tune, just, you know, just a simple jig, jig or something like this. Right. Um, to these to these students, you know, six, 16 measures of music, diatonic, pentatonic. Um, right. And it was mostly graduate students in the in the in the master class. And it was amazing. It was really like a, a big eye opener to me about, wow, there's 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 an imbalance here, you know, because they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. It was right. the strangest thing. They were, they were tripping over themselves in unbelievable ways. And I was like, wow, this is crazy, you know? And the other, the other thing that, that, that I used to do um, where that really came up was I, I was heading up the, uh, they called it jazz improv, but it was really more like just creative musicianship kind of thing mm-hmm. um, for an organization here called the Chamber Music Connection. And... You know, I would just, again, just the simplest ideas, like here, here's, you know, diatonic, two, two, three different chord changes, you know, four, four, medium tempo. I'll even give you rhythms if you want to. Using one pentatonic scale, just play right. anything. And these kids who, you know, I just heard you play the Vianowski concerto last night, and it was flawless and amazing, and you have way more chops than I can even imagine. And right. yet, I, you know, I give you four bars of something in G, and give you you know five notes to play and they freeze up ah, it, well, it was okay. amazing it was and, sure. you know, and, and the other thing except for the, i mean the suzuki kids were different you could tell if a, if if you know a violinist had had been a suzuki kid you know their their ears were, were great but you know they still you know in, in terms of like listening and being able to improvise and respond like that completely foreign territory for them you know? I, I think we you know I, I would say most guitarists i know classical guitarists at least from our generation, probably, yeah. you know, came to the classical guitar through folk, rock and roll, jazz, whatever, and have that kind of training, you know, their whole lives. I mean, I got together with friends as a kid at middle school and had jam sessions and yeah. learning our favorite rock songs. And, 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 and there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't right. Tap There wasn't any <laughs> resource other than there wasn't even there was, might be MTV, you know. Yeah. You couldn't watch your guitar hero play that part. Right. You had to sit with the record or the cassette tape and do your best, yeah. you know, approximation <laughs> of what, what he or she is playing. <laughs> I think that, that training, that's such great training. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, th- I think I, I haven't really implemented a lot of that in my, in, in my CSU program, but I wish there was, you know, some type of improv class. Even, even just talking about it to your students, I think, sure. you know, you know, it, it turns on that light. Right. You know, it's like, hey, th- these are some things that, to think about, you know. And I, I know, like, I mean, you and I are this pr- pretty much the same age, same generation, and, you know, probably had really experience, similar experiences in terms of the training that we received. There was, nobody talked about that kind of stuff when I was a student. I mean, it was no. just, it was just, that was not happening, you know? I, um, yeah. And I, I remember in, it, one of the things that, uh, you remember Marshall Griffith at, oh, yeah. at CIM, mm-hmm. you know, he used to teach jazz things as um, like independent study, you know? Right. Yeah, I remember that. And, and he actually approached me and said, you should think about doing this, you know, because he knew... Well, when I finished 
school and when, when you know when I walked into the work world that you know these were some things that would help me to have in my toolbox and boy was he right you yeah know? 100% I'm a crummy jazz player I'm terrible at it but oh, you know, I mean, the thing is it's like I understand but, it and and I you know I, I can do it I can get in there I can teach people to do it I've done that which is that's a, that's a head trip is like you know teaching a student who's really into it and they practice and they do, you know, and they sound great. And I'm like, man, you, you play jazz way better than I do. And he's like, well, you taught me how. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll look yeah. at that. <laughs> Maybe quote, I know what I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> people ask me, do you play jazz? My quote is always, I can make you think I can. <laughs> I know enough about it. I want to steal that. <laughs> love listening to it. Yeah. And I know all the chords and I can yep. do the mel melody. <laughs> can make you um, think I can. <laughs> yeah, when I was doing a lot of just gigging and uh, uh, freelancing, I worked for a couple agencies. And every once in a while, I would get a call and they'd say, um, you're going to do a trio gig, a jazz trio. <laughs> and my quote was always like, everyone else was booked already. Like, <laughs> And then I would do the gig and I can do it. You know, I just... I'm sweating bullets the whole time. Right. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. It's probably really kind of, you know, it's not off the cuff. I'm, I'm relying yeah. on little licks that I've learned throughout sure. my life. And, and then after the gig, you know, my musician friends are like, man, you do a great job. I don't know why you're, you know, saying it. Like, uh, it felt uh, terrible on the inside. Yeah, I always used to say, because I do the, the university I, I, I was teaching at, one of the things that I did was play in the faculty jazz ensemble and oh, wow. all the other musicians in the jazz ensemble were like hardcore. That's what oh, they yeah. did full time jazz, jazz musicians. And I, I used to, and they were very kind to me. I mean, like there was no, nobody was pulling anybody's wool over sure. anybody's eyes about what was going on here. They were always very kind and very supportive to me and, and really cool actually. But I always just describe that as like, hey, I'll be the one up there holding the guitar, you know, they're, they're right. both, while other people are playing jazz music. <laughs> yeah, and there were just giant jazz guitar players in Colorado here. Some, yeah. I mean, world class, you know. So, you know, hire those guys. They're the best. <laughs> Everybody else is busy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, like that. I, can, I, can, I can play well enough to make you think I do. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I bet you I would do... It was probably as little as three to four jazz gigs a year, you know. Yeah. I would go home and I'm like, okay, never again. I got to just say no. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like pain. it does make you a better player and makes you. Of course, all, all of those experiences, everything, you know, in in and getting back to you know this idea of you know not being not being terribly comfortable, you know, you right. know, being in an environment where you're being challenged is gonna make you a better player. You you, you might suck. It might really sounds terrible but <laughs> you know you those are the those are the experiences that make you a better a better artist a better a better player a better musician you know yeah and, like, and you know you you learn how to again that's part of forging your own path to me is is your your willingness to try these sure you know a gig that you normally wouldn't do and Right. You know, maybe it's like, ah, maybe I won't do that again. Or sometimes <laughs> it might open another door like, wow, I really like playing early music. Yeah. You know, or some style of, 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 of sure. contemporary music, whatever it is. Um, and you kind of go down that avenue and, you know, now you've got more income stream coming yeah. in and different opportunities. So, and you're right. I mean, just an opportunity to play with another great musician in any style is beneficial. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exciting. And I was the other thing that I, I I always find myself telling students about this is you know 
it's it's just music, right? It's just playing guitar. You know, if I have a bad day, you know, there, you know, people might want to put their fingers in their ears or you know walk out or something. <laughs> you know, like right. But it's not like you know, if I'm a neurosurgeon, have a bad day. That's you know, you you can't have a bad day. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and that's something too I talk about with my students because you know they're under the gun, they're working really hard, they're sure. under a lot of stress and. Oftentimes, the best way to practice is just put that thing away. Just put the guitar away. Go <laughs> do something to clear your head. Listen to music. Do something, and come back to it when you're in a. Yep, in a it'll practice. be there. Because <laughs> yeah. I've learned that. That's something I've learned. Uh, the older I get, you know, if I'm having a bad day, or you know, as you probably, I don't know how, you know, we we haven't really talked about this, but you know, my the aging musician, right? I, mm -hmm. I can't sit down for two hours straight and yeah. play the guitar. I, I just can't. I have to I have to take better physical care of myself and I have to be right. very mindful of my hands and my back and my neck and Absolutely. I just can't do that anymore. So Yep. And I, I I understand. Who who would have who would have thunk we'd become old men? I know. <laughs> yeah. We, we were children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is it's like I don't feel all that different on the inside. Right, exactly. exactly. I'm still just as immature as I was then. I, yep. just, I just know more stuff. And that becomes, I don't know, like when I talk to my friends who are all our age, you know, whether it's a phone conversation, it's five minutes of how are you and, you know, everyone's doing well and 30 minutes of aches and pains, you know, like... <laughs> My neck has been bothering me. I just you know, I have to get an MRI yesterday. One of my physical therapists, and, and then after let, 30 let me minutes, share my maladies. Yeah, <laughs> after a thirty-minute conversation, you're like, oh wow, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah. we can keep doing it. We can keep forging ahead. We can keep keep chasing the dream. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Was it, so is there is there anything else that, that uh, you think we should talk about, Jeff? Um, not that I can think of. This has been fun. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. It's really awesome to see you again and, yeah. and to chat with you and hear about everything that you're up, up to and whatnot. Another thing that I'm famously bad about is is giving people the opportunity to find you on 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 the interwebs and whatnot. So if, if somebody wants to know more about you, yeah. where where can they go? I have my own personal website, which okay. is jefflaquatra.com. Cool. And I will, I will link to that in the podcast description, awesome. of course. And then, of course, the Colorado State University. If you Excellent. go to their website, we have a, uh, in fact, I can provide you, I can send you the website link to the guitar great. department page. Okay, great. Um, so those are kind of the main thing. And my, my, uh, my Quatra Duo, we have our own website as well. And then all those recordings, my solo recording, which is called Twilight, um, and the Quattro Duo uh, Painted Music, it's called. All of those are on all of the streaming sites. And if you're a dinosaur like you and I and you want to visit a copy, um, you can order one right, right from us. So Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jeff, best of luck to you, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, we, so should, we should do it again sometime. So. I would love that, and uh, please keep in touch. Will do. Thank All you. All right, thanks, Carl. Have a great day. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, 
please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.